Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. So much to talk about. Vaughn, good morning. Hey, good morning, Simi. All right, let's start with the uh, take out the trash that happened on <laughs> Friday because this was, by all standards, even late for take out the trash. Yeah, so take out the trash day is an old political term for Friday's end of the weekly news cycle. And when governments want to, when they have to announce something or put out some news, that they don't really want a lot of coverage on and they'd like everybody to forget as quickly as they can, they do it on Friday, Friday afternoon. But even by that standard, 6.30 on a Friday evening. Oh, that's late. You know, that's late. That's not quite the dead of night, but you know they're trying to hide something. And here, what are they trying to hide? Well, David Eby, our premier in waiting did a major makeover of the board of BC Housing. So that's the big government agency that does all of our social housing in BC. And EB replaced the board effective immediately. Like, that's dramatic. That's not retiring the board. That's firing the old board and putting in a new one. And he announced it at 6.30 on Friday. So what's he trying to hide? Yeah, what was going on there? Now, I know there's been a lot of money heading to BC Housing, right, to deal with all these affordable yeah. op- the affordable yeah. housing issues. So the very brief press release that they put out at 6.30 on Friday said that the new board is a response to an internal investigation of BC Hydro conducted by Ernst & Young, the independent agency that does this sort of thing, right? So now that's interesting, too, because... You may have missed the news headlines on the EY report uh, because they released it, EB released it, on the eve of the Canada Day long weekend. So this is a double take out the trash exercise. And again, we go to what's EB trying to hide. Well, here's what he's trying to hide. The EY report was very damning about the way BC Housing is spending the province's hundreds of millions of dollars. The report says that money is, there's a lack of proper controls, a lack of documentation. In some cases, the money was dispensed to some project and they couldn't find any paperwork to explain why that project was chosen over any others. That report runs about 85 pages, Simi, and it's got something that's pretty disturbing on every page. So EB needed to step in and clean up the situation, and he replaced the board. But here's the political problem. The board that he got rid of are all NDP appointees. This isn't one of these things like he could do on ICBC where he did the dumpster fire and he called press conferences almost every day to nail the liberals for what they'd done. He, he can't make a big deal of this because this is an NDP screw-up. And when you read that report, Simi, it's clear that the reason things got out of control at BC Housing is because the NDP expanded spending on housing projects uh, well from $782 million when they took office to $2 billion today, and it's headed for another $7 billion increase. So this is maximum NDP policy. Let's just build a whole bunch of social housing, which is a good objective, but they were doing it without proper controls, proper administration, 
documentation, paperwork, rationales, all of that being done. Right. So that's what he's trying trying to hide. That's what he's hoping we don't pay a lot of attention to. And you're right. What makes us so interesting is the way we have seen him behave oh. in other situations. Yeah, I mean, EB's reputation, especially within the NDP, but also with the public, is this guy who stands on the public platform and blows the whistle as loudly as he can. And he did the right thing. On ICBC, the dumpster fire, that needed to clean up. It was a hell of a mess left by the liberals. Uh, money laundering, the liberals turned a blind eye to it for a long time. He's made the case, right? And again, he dramatized it. But look at the way he operates when there's a huge mess on the NDP's watch. He puts the report out on the eve of a long weekend. He replaces the board at 6.30 on a Friday afternoon. This guy is probably almost certainly going to be the next premier of British Columbia. And he's got a double standard about whistleblowing when it's the opposition party, man, oh, man, you can't hold him back on the publicity. Right. When it's his own government, well, let's try to do this in the dead of the night, shall I we? wonder, though, Vaughn, allow me to play devil's advocate sure. here for a second, is, it, is this perhaps more of an example of them getting their ducks in a row, that perhaps this wasn't the timetable, but because of everything that's happened now, that this is something that had to be cleaned up pretty quickly before he does announce for the leadership? Now, that is a good point, Simi. It does look like a rush job. If, uh, if you look at the cabinet orders replacing the board at BC Housing. The, the handover was scheduled to happen next Monday, July 18th. They backed up the exercise to Friday afternoon and did it immediately. So was there something there that needed to be fixed so fast that uh, he had to back it up, or is it, more likely that what we're seeing here is a cabinet minister trying to clear off his desk exactly before he announces the leadership. Because John Horgan brought in the rule that if you're running for premier, if you're sorry, if you're running for the party leadership, you have to step down from cabinet. That was not the rule under the NDP in the 1990s. Uh, Glenn Clark remained a cabinet minister till the day he took the oath of office as premier. Ujjal Dosanjh was attorney general until the day he took the oath of office as premier. So this is a John Horgan rule. E.B. knows about it. And yeah, it's the, the, the reason this is being done as a rush job is, I think, because, yes, he's clearing off his desk. He isn't going to be minister of housing and attorney general as soon as he announces he's running for the leadership. I, that sounds more likely to me with this scenario too, right? Because it just gives you the sense that like everybody's waiting for that shooter drop. Yeah, but also he doesn't want people to notice the mess that occurred at BC Housing on the NDP's watch. He doesn't want people to pay huge attention to the fact that it was an NDP-appointed board that didn't do its job on this. Uh, he doesn't particularly want... Uh, the public to know that hundreds of millions of dollars were being shoveled out the door without the kind of controls that are necessary uh, in uh, with public money. The new board, incidentally, is includes former Deputy Auditor General, which is, <laughs> sounds like that guy could be handy overseeing this. Yes, you've got the former head of the Public Service under the BC Liberals, 
and you've got one current deputy minister and two other former deputy ministers. So the old board at BC Housing, they were activists, advocates for public sector housing, you know, all sincere people, right? You've now got a bunch of financial controllers and managers going in there to clean things up. I wish them luck. There's clearly a job here that needs to be done. Okay, that is so interesting then, the backgrounds here, because reading through the Vancouver Sun story about this and the other information, it, it clearly shows that even the groups that administer you know, affordable housing or social housing were overwhelmed by the requests they were getting from government to take yeah. stuff on. Yeah, I mean, you know, the NDP had a very, very ambitious program for social housing, and we need more social housing. But when government starts shoveling huge amounts of money out the door, it's really important there be controls. One of the one of the things that the stories about lack of controls generated was groups that didn't get the grant, groups whose applications were turned down, they were, of course, suspicious about favoritism, right? Now, there's no naming of names in the EY report. They doesn't say this person did this wrong or that. It's a general comment that huge amounts of money were going out without proper controls, rationale, documentation. But of course, in the realm of social housing, the rumor mill has been overly active on this. And, you know, whether there's specific individual scandals, one can't say because the evidence isn't there in the report. But there's certainly enough evidence in the report to raise suspicions about the way BC housing was being run. It's been pretty quiet on the NDP leadership front, hasn't it? Uh, very quiet. Yeah. What I does mean, that tell you? You know, last week we had we had the the number two uh, person in the race, uh, Ravi Kalon, endorsed the number one person in the race, uh, David Eby, and he did it before Eby even announced. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody accepts, especially with Kalon dropping out and endorsing Eby, that it's David Eby's job if he wants it, and we assume he's getting ready to announce. There are a couple of other people out there that are seriously mulling the thing. Uh, Nathan Cullen, uh, yeah. a former federal MP, has made it clear that he's thinking about it. Um, Bowen Ma kind of came out last week on Twitter and said, here's what she's looking for in a leader. Uh, but people immediately said, well, well why don't you run? If, if for profile, if nothing else, I don't know that she will. Uh, some of the environmental activists in the party see me are trying to find somebody who will take a position, say, to the left of John Horgan on environmental issues. Uh, Brad West, uh, mayor of Port Coquitlam, a lot of people were speculating about him. He's made it clear that, no, he's running for re-election as mayor of Port Coquitlam, and he's not ready for the provincial political arena yet. So... Um, it, it, you know, looking a bit like a coronation, but I think the party will try to make sure that there are um, a few candidates running as well, just to raise profile. And everybody's waiting to find out what the rules are, Simi, because the NDP brings in an entry fee. So uh, right. if the fee is high, like twenty, twenty-five thousand uh, dollars, that's a lot of money to spend just to raise your profile. If they come in with a lower fee. Uh, 10000 5000 it won't be that low, but suppose they went that low. Well, that's a sign that they're kind of hoping some people will run to make the race more interesting, generate more coverage. Interesting. All right. Thanks, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.